sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week begins right here, right now on the morning after. Live on a Monday on Sports Grid in Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Very glad to be back in the saddle. A shout out to both Dubs Anderson and Megan Payton for holding down the fort last week. I am back and we are back here on a new week on the morning after. We'll go all across the sports landscape. A big check-in in Major League Baseball. That's the focus now. The NBA Finals ended last week. Our focus is MLB. The rest of this summer, we'll get into some football. The College World Series continues on in Omaha. The NBA Draft is on Thursday, and a major championship came to a conclusion yesterday outside of Boston. In this opening hour, the first couple of segments... Donnie Wrightside is here for it all. DRS has a great expertise across the entire sports world. But when we get into the summer months, when the weather kicks up a little bit, the temperature rises, and baseball is on the diamond, that is where DRS shines. Donnie, thank you for joining us here on this Monday morning. It is glad I'm glad to have you on the morning after. Absolutely. And the biggest part of this, I got a call from the you know higher up said, hey, we really need you on Monday morning early. If Ben's a little bit rusty, we need the A game from DRS to power us through. This is what I'm here for, Ben. I got you. Safety net, DRS, you got it. Let's go. DRS, that is why you are my man. I will yeah, need your sure. help. I am got going you. to be a little bit rusty after a few days out on the West Coast. A travel catastrophe yesterday uh. getting back into New York City, but I'll save that story for another day. The focus yesterday on Sunday on Father's Day, as it is in a yearly tradition, the U.S. Open in golf at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. And DRS, what an open it was. The leaderboard chock full with talent and some of the biggest names in the sport. And by the time we got to the back nine yesterday at Brookline, it was really a three-golfer race with Matthew Fitzpatrick prevailing over the rest. His first PGA Tour win, his first major championship in his first U.S. Open. At the site, Donnie, of where you can see in this picture where he won the U.S. Amateur back in 2013. He is only the second golfer in the history of the sport to win a U.S. Amateur and a U.S. Open championship at the same golf course. Jack Nicklaus did that back in the 60s and 70s at Pebble Beach as well. So Matthew Fitzpatrick wins the U.S. Open yesterday, Donnie. A thrilling U.S. Open that came down to the final hole on 18 between Matthew Fitzpatrick, Scotty Scheffler, and, of course, Will Zalatoris as well. Yeah, $3.1 million richer today, Matt Fitzpatrick, and rightfully so. You want to talk about any championship we see, Ben, regardless of any sport. It's always nice when it comes down to the final few moments, and this one was great, including a Zalatoris putt that just slipped by the left edge of the cup, which would have gave us an extra, or would they say, extra golf holes here and free golf, but it wasn't meant to be. But also, when you take a look at these pressure situations, because so many people yesterday, what were we doing? Sitting around with our family, friends, our fathers, watching this come down, and always the topic comes up on 16, 17, and 18. 
18. Can you imagine the amount of pressure on these guys when they're looking to bear down of winning possibly their first major championship? Fitzpatrick was stellar down the stretch and no slouch there to Scheffler Zalatoris. What a top five here for the U.S. Open. A fantastic day for golf yesterday overall. The two betting favorites, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, were in the hunt throughout the final round as well at the country club. Some of the biggest stars in the sport with some of the best odds as well. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here as we begin a new week live on a Monday on the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well, alongside our all-star, our A-game Donnie right side, I am Ben Stevens. So as DRS was laying out right there, some of the biggest names in the sport. You have Roy McIlroy off the win at the Canadian Open in the hunt. John Rahm, one of the betting favorites as well. Scotty Scheffler had some of the best odds, and he is the number one player in the world as we take a look at those pre-tournament odds as well. But Matthew Fitzpatrick was inside that top 10 with one of the best prices entering the week at 25 to 1. A ticket he cashes as your U.S. Open champion. And DRS, it's going to happen very, very soon for the man known as Willie Z. He is a big game hunter, of course, was in that playoff with Justin Thomas at the PGA Championship last month in Tulsa at Southern Hills. He was 28 to 1 entering this week as well. The last three major championships, Will Zalatoris has been off the lead or off that final winning number by just four strokes in total in the last three majors. So Will Zalatoris will have his time. He barely misses a birdie putt on 18, as does Scotty Scheffler. And it was a wonderful second shot, Donnie, from Matthew Fitzpatrick that set the stage into that final closing hole for that U.S. Open victory. Yeah, coming out of the trap here. Nobody likes to do that. I mean, we've all played golf. The last place you want to be is typically in the trap. And he said, you know what? That's not really my strong point here. But one of the better shots that he hit down the stretch. But also, when you take this forwarding into this, you know, U.S. Open, no surprise here that Fitzpatrick was doing this because he took a top, he, uh, tied for second at the Wells Fargo, top five in the PGA, top 10 at the uh, Canadian Open, and then wins it here. Good sign for golf here that it's healthy. Some of these young kids are really playing good golf. Really, really good golf, all in contention. Some really strong leaderboards that we have seen the last couple of weeks with all the drama elsewhere in the golf world as well. So that was the third of four major championships we have this calendar year in the world of golf. Up next, at the home of golf, the Open Championship in Scotland at St. Andrews in just a couple of weeks. As you can see there, Roy McIlroy is your favorite at 9-1. to one. John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler tied for the second best price at 12-1. to one. Tiger Woods did not play in the U.S. Open. It is said he is gearing up for a return to St. Andrews at the Open Championship. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's always something going on in the sports world. The College World Series happening right now. We just finished another major championship in golf. It's Wimbledon in tennis. The WNBA season continues on. But as we get into these dog days of summer, the focus is on the diamond. 
in Major League Baseball. Welcome back to a Monday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside DRS, Donnie Wright side for a second consecutive segment. And this is where DRS shines. Team totals in the summer months in Major League Baseball, that's Donnie's specialty. He could have probably hit with two team totals yesterday in the game between Toronto and New York. The Yankees and the Blue Jays in the finale of their weekend series. The Blue Jays looking to avoid a sweep. They snapped the Yanks. Nine-game winning streak with a 10-9 victory at home. DRS storming back because the Yankees had an 8-3 lead in the top of the sixth. Then the Blue Jays score seven unanswered in the next two innings, and they win 10-9. Both team totals going over. The game total going over as well. Donnie, it was an offensive affair yesterday between Toronto and New York. No, it certainly was. And yesterday, that DRS did hit on yesterday. A team total for the Yanks at four and a half, easily coming through as the onslaught of offense continued north of the border. But this is one for the Yankees. You let it slip away. Now, if we take a look at the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things on the season, is this a devastating loss for the Yankees? No. But you know what it would have been nice, Ben? To go from win 49 to win number 50 on the season. Right. Yes, 50 wins they are approaching at this point right now. If we, even if we take a look off of yesterday, maybe the bullpen didn't hold in. The starting pitching gave way here. But you still did have that massive lead and also still threatening late in the game just weren't able to push any runs across here against the Toronto bullpen if we take a look here at division winning odds here at the FanDuel Sportsbook no surprise look at those Yanks to win the AL East a minus 750 price and rightfully so the train is on the tracks and it's rumbling who is going to be able to knock them off quite frankly according to the FanDuel Sportsbook nobody in that division Ben will be able to knock them off and quite frankly I do agree with that And it makes sense right now. Listen, the Yankees have an 11-game lead in the American League East. Yes, their nine-game win streak was snapped yesterday by the Blue Jays. Yes, Toronto avoids the sweep. But the Yankees have still won 16 of their last 18 games. They have the best record in baseball. One win shy of getting to that half-century mark already where we are nearing the ending portion of June, 49-17 and 17, straight up. So an 11-game lead, minus 750 to win their division. DRS, that should be the best odds to win any division in all of baseball if it wasn't for the mm. Houston Astros, who are minus 1,700 to win the American League West. We'll get to the American League pennant race because it's very interesting where the Toronto Blue Jays stack up. But Sunday night baseball last night, prime time in Texas, and the Astros hold on to beat the White Sox 4-3. to three. Two teams, Donnie, entering the year that had two of the three best odds to win the AL pennant. And it's Houston holding on for that 4-3 victory to beat Chicago yesterday. The Astros booked as a home favorite, booked as a favorite in 29 straight games. And they take 2-3 against the Southsiders this weekend for a weekend series victory. Yeah, so a lot of unheralded pitchers here for the Houston Astros really stepping up yesterday. Javier goes five innings, one earned run, five Ks. Did have four walks in that game, but didn't seem to hurt them here. But I think more of the question is, you're right, it's amazing when you take a look and say, well, the Yankees probably the best team in baseball, probably the best odds to win the division. And you say, no, sir, it's the Houston Astros. Why? Because the Los Angeles Angels certainly just can't find themselves and continue to get injured and not play good baseball. And then the Mariners, Rangers, and Athletics, they're going to be certainly left in the dust. But just yesterday, this is what the Astros do. One of the better teams in 
Major League Baseball, quite frankly, the best in Major League Baseball here, Ben, at staying under the total. They pick up the 4-3 to yep. victory here, and you're right with the Chicago White Sox. A lot of pressure coming into the season, figuring that they were going to be a contender in the AL. Still haven't found their footing yet here, Ben, sitting at 31-33 and on the season. Nice win by the Astros, 41-25, and eight games behind the Yankees, but still priced as one of those teams that you're going to have to fight with once you get to October baseball. As DRS mentioned, a total that closed yesterday between Houston and Chicago, right around seven. If that's where you got that number, it pushes. But Houston, still the highest under percentage in all of the big 67.7% of the Astros games trending toward the under 44 in total, four more than the second most in Major League Baseball. That would be the Detroit Tigers with 40 in total. So Chicago now. Two games below 500 once again, 31 and 33 straight up. They had swept the Tigers, DRS, entering this weekend set against the Astros, a better test for Chicago, and they come up slightly short. Five games back of the Minnesota Twins, and the Twins, the favorites to win the American League Central at the moment. But it's very fascinating, Donnie, and I'm glad you brought up the Angels, and we can talk a little bit about the AL Central as well. We started with the AL East and the best team in baseball and the Yankees who lost yesterday 10-9 to to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are 11 games behind the pinstripes in the American League East. 11. But Toronto is still 38-28 and 28 straight up. Toronto right now has the third best record in the American League only behind those Yankees and the Houston Astros. And Toronto is still the third best price to win the American League pennant at 5-1. to one. Donnie, when the Yankees have an 11-game lead, in their division it might seem like it's early to start talking wild card races for the postseason in major league baseball but it seems as though the blue jays will certainly factor into one of those al wild card spots and i would keep an eye on the tampa bay rays as well who might be 13 games back of the yanks but still very much in the picture in the american league Yes, and Kevin and I talk about this quite a bit because if you're asking right now, you say, stop the season, who's the best team in Major League Baseball? To me, it's going to be the New York Yankees. And again, they're on the cusp of getting their 50th win on the season, so rightfully so. But I also told him, I said, you know what? The reason why they're priced at that minus 750 is because they're a very good baseball team, but also they're not at that minus 2,000, which you say, oh, they're probably going to extend their lead up to 15 games by the All-Star break. But you're still going up against the AL East, which is a very good division. You know, we were joking earlier in the season, I can't believe how bad the Boston Red Sox are. The Orioles are going to be historically bad. So maybe that gives you a little bit of a reprieve. But even kudos more to the New York Yankees for having close to 50 wins where they're going to be battling the Toronto Blue Jays, which they just did and took a series off of. Now they go down the Tropicana Field down in uh, Florida to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. You're going to have to contend with the Red Sox, one of the hotter teams in baseball. And the Orioles at 30 and 38. If you asked me before the season, 68 games in, you probably thought they'd have like 10 wins. No, they have 30. So if you're talking about the Yankees here, you know, sharpening iron with iron here as they head towards the playoffs. If they're the best team in baseball, they're going to earn it the rest of the way here by playing a lot of these teams in the AL East. Even Boston, who sits in the fourth spot out of the five teams in that division, is five games above 500 at 36 and 31. As you see in the odds to win the AL pennant, three of the five best prices all hailing from that American League East. The Astros, a huge lead in their division because every other team is below 500. And the American League Central, which the White Sox had the best odds of winning before the year got underway at minus 210, well, now they have the second best price in a five-game deficit trailing the Minnesota Twins at the top of that division. So we'll quickly flip it over to the National League as well. The Atlanta Braves, DRS, who had their 14-game winning streak 
snapped on Friday against the Cubbies, start a new streak yesterday, winning 6-0 against Chicago in Wrigley. They dropped the first two games of this weekend set, but avoid the sweep against the Cubs, and maybe DRS, a new streak starts for the Braves. No, certainly, and they're a very good baseball team, but also the sign of good baseball teams, Ben, is handling your business against teams that are below you in the standings. After playing the Philadelphia Phillies roughly like a month ago, you had played the Marlins, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Athletics, Pirates, Nationals, and now the Cubs before you're starting an important series this or tonight with the San Francisco Giants. But that's what they've done, handling their business against bad baseball teams, making comebacks in the rankings, and also putting a little bit more pressure on the Mets that maybe they thought of that they would get maybe in August as opposed to now. So Good little race heating up here in the NL East also. The Braves were not at home yesterday, back at home, and they had the highest over percentage in all of, all of Major League Baseball in Atlanta, 62.5%. Also in the National League East, Sandy Alcantara continues his bid to win the National League Cy Young, the favorite to do so right now on FanDuel, plus 330, a victory yesterday against the New York Mets, 6-2. And Encarnacion, Grand Slam in that game, also pushing Miami to a victory. Plenty more from a big-picture perspective. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Donnie Wright's side is still here as well. We'll go big picture around Major League Baseball in just a little bit. A big picture check-in at the future prices we have seen in MLB. But first, Donnie, a little bit of breaking news, if you want to call it that, on this Monday morning to begin a new week. The Athletic Champ Sharania reporting that the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving are at an impasse right now in their conversations for Kyrie's future in Brooklyn, maybe allowing that Kyrie can now explore the open market. He has a player option for this upcoming 2022-23 NBA season. We will see what he decides to do. The Brooklyn Nets, of course, DRS, still tied for the second price to win next year's. NBA championship at seven to one alongside the Milwaukee Bucks and some others trailing the Golden State Warriors but an interesting development on this Monday maybe not unexpected DRS but certainly something to discuss here to start this new week. No, it certainly is, and quite frankly, we're lucky here because the top NBA guy from the early line is coming on today to talk NBA right now with you as this news drops here, and I love this. I love this because when Kyrie Irving news pops up here, you never know where it's going to take place. Can you imagine him going from the Nets to the Knicks or out to the Lakers? Mm. This is why sometimes we talk about, even though we're just into the offseason, the NBA offseason is sensational with headlines, and no surprise, on a Monday morning, we're getting it fired up with Kyrie looks like He's on his way out of New York only to stay in New York. Great times. Love mm. it. I like how Shams made sure to include a couple of the more buzzworthy teams uh, in the association. The Lakers, yeah. 
could be a destination alongside his former teammate in LeBron James, or maybe just taking a subway over to Madison Square Garden to play for the Knickerbockers as well. We shall see. But as it pertains to Kyrie's free agency status, he has nearly a $37 million player option for this upcoming season in the NBA. If he decides not to pick that up, to opt back in, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent this offseason, allowing him to sign wherever he would choose throughout the rest of the league. Very interesting development. We will continue to monitor throughout this NBA offseason. The NBA draft is on Thursday. The futures market is going to move in the NBA, certainly so. So now we go from the futures in the NBA, Donnie, to where it stands right now in Major League Baseball. About two and a half months into this Major League Baseball season. And as we started our discussion around the bigs earlier today, Donnie, the Yankees are still the best team in baseball, despite losing yesterday and snapping a nine-game win streak against the Blue Jays. The Yankees are 49-17 and straight up. They have won 16 of their last 18 games. But yet, Donnie, the Yankees are not booked as the favorites to win the World Series. That still remains the LA Dodgers at a plus 370 number you see right there over a dollar in front of where the Bronx Bombers are at five to one. Donnie, I know your co-host, the second best basketball mind on the early line in Kevin uh -huh. Walsh would say the Yankees should be the World Series favorites at this moment. What does DRS have to say? I mean, either the Yankees were in last place in the American League East. Kevin Walsh probably would say the Yankees still should be the favorite to the, the you know, Major League Baseball World Series. But I got to tell you, if I look at these odds, it, I don't know if it odds it adds up just yet here because the Dodgers are at a plus 370 price. You saw bets go down yesterday with an injury. We know the problems they're having with their frontline starting pitching, but they're such a deep team where you figure they're still going to be in the mix here at the end of the season. But for them to be at over a dollar price ahead of the New York Yankees is a little bit baffling to me. And also, when we take a look at the New York Mets, because so many times, Ben, we look at where these yep. standings are right now, but it's where we anticipate them to be at the end of the season. So if you take a look at the Dodgers, we know at the trade deadline, Ben, if they need help, they're going to go out and get it, of course. But also the New York mm -hmm. Mets at a plus 750 price here. We think we're getting back a healthy Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. They're going to be a problem if they're healthy come playoff time. So that plus 370 price is a little bit hefty for me right now, considering the value of the Yankees of how good they are. And also the New York Mets still creeping here, getting back some of their players and still, Ben, playing some really good baseball. Listen, over the last two weeks, there's been a lot of conversation elsewhere in New York about the Yankees and their best record in the bigs and in the National League East with teams like the Braves going on a 14-game win streak. The Phils were on a nine-game win streak just last week as well, yet the Mets have still maintained a five-and-a-half-game lead in the National League East. The Amazons have still won five of their last seven games despite a loss yesterday against the NL Cy Young favorite, in Sandy Alcantara and the Miami Marlins. So the Mets are still there. And this has been that time that if the Mets could withstand the absences of Scherzer and DeGrom and they could get to the all-star break with still a cushion in the National League East, this would be exactly where you want the Mets. And New York has done that consistently. So keep an eye on that plus 750 price on the Mets, the fourth best number as of right now. A lot of question marks for the Dodgers. I'll just say that. The starting rotation has not been exactly what we expected. Mookie Betts now a cracked rib. He is going to miss a substantial amount of time 
for the LA Dodgers. And that's an update for the National League MVP market as well. Mookie Betts, who was the favorite just two weeks ago, now 10 to 1. Manny Machado leaving yesterday's game for the San Diego Padres early against the Colorado Rockies with an apparent ankle injury. DRS, he's got the second best price at 5 to 1, but he was booked as the betting favorite just about a week and a half ago or so as well. Now it's Paul Goldschmidt for the St. Louis Cardinals as your favorite to win the National League MVP at plus 200. So not just a team perspective right now, DRS, but the individual markets as well starting to move here in the later portion of the month of June. Yeah, probably a guy that we weren't anticipating being an MVP caliber player, even though he's had a great career, is Paul Goldschmidt sitting there in the driver's seat now, Ben. We're not even talking about, you know, plus 200, plus 250. He's plus 200 with Machado now, dipping back to plus 500. And quite frankly, watching the injury yesterday to Machado, you thought it probably would be much worse. Like, man, this looks like it might be a season ender here with a fractured or a broken ankle. So a little bit good, if there's anything good that could come out of the injury from Machado, right. is maybe it's not going to be so long-term because also dealing with Fernando Tatis, who we expected probably been to be back around this time gets those x-ray yep. updates saying he's not healing as much as the Padres would have liked him to do so Machado being back sooner than later in that lineup is going to help them out but a very interesting you know Pete Alonzo we see him behind there Bryce Harper as well but Paul Goldschmidt right now really performing hit streaks there team playing good baseball and as we said even if you look at Aaron Judge at that minus 110 if you're in first place you get a bump in that MVP race for sure absolutely so and that's where we have seen Aaron Judge move to the first time we have seen <laughs> a minus money price in an MVP market in this Major League Baseball campaign. Aaron Judge, now minus 110, was a part of that offensive affair yesterday in RBI double for the Yankees, although, of course, they did lose 10-9, but start to correlate those markets. If the Yankees are going to run away with the American League East, if they're going to be a favorite to win the American League pennant, then their best player who has the most home runs in Major League Baseball, and Aaron Judge, that MVP award is going to start to look a lot better minus 110 Mike Trout the second best price you see there plus 550 and Shohei Otani at six to one we'll see what happens with the Angels Donnie because we were so happy to finally see it seen the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have a shot they started off the year in a great way before going on that long losing skid that came to a close last week the Angels win yesterday against the Seattle Mariners but have still struggled here as of late DRS and as we talked about earlier the Astros are minus 1700 to win this division every other team in the American League West outside of Houston below 500 at the moment yeah, and quite frankly, they should be that heavy of a favorite here because nobody's really going to compete. We thought the Angels would be neck and neck with them, but certainly have dropped off. Just three weeks ago, we were talking about how Major League Baseball, how excited they were, saying, my goodness, we're going to get Mike Trout and Shohei Otani into the playoffs here. That's going to be a ratings bonanza. And that looks like they've dropped off again. Terrible news with Anthony Rendon not being able to overcome yeah. that wrist injury. He's going to be down for the remainder of the season, which again, just leads maybe that where Mike Trout is comfortable. I'm going to play on a baseball team that's not going to make the playoffs. Let me put up monster numbers and see how that checks out. Out, but it doesn't check out as well as it does in the past because Aaron Judge is doing something where he might set an, a home run record here. He also is going to be on a Major League Baseball team that's probably going to crack 100 wins. It'll be hard for Mike yep. Trout, even with monster excuse me, statistics, to overcome Aaron Judge with the season he's having for himself and also the season the New York Yankees are having. We've talked a lot about the American League. The Yankees, it seems, running away with the American League East. The Astros, a substantial lead in that AL West. Things a little bit more up in the air in the National League, it seems, right now. Maybe even in a pennant race. And we'll focus, Donnie, 
on the National League Central. The Brewers beating the Cincinnati Reds yesterday, 6-3. Milwaukee's offense, it seems, in the last week or so is starting to wake up a little bit. Good. You took advantage of a bad Cincy team, and the Brewers now back to an odds-on favorite to win the National League Central at minus 145 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But, Donnie, in the divisional standings, tied atop with the St. Louis Cardinals, who you see there at plus 110, and it will be the Brew Crew and the Redbirds starting a series against each other to begin this week. So a lot of moving pieces in that National League Central as well. No, there certainly is. And you get that playoff atmosphere here in the month of June. It's kind of interesting here to see Michaelis and Burns on the mound today. Heavy favorite towards Milwaukee because they do have the better pitcher on the mound and maybe the better bullpen. But I wouldn't keep down the St. Louis Cardinals any longer here. It looked like it was going to be Milwaukee's division to win. And that looks like St. Louis is going to be a serious contender throughout the summer. Interesting stuff to watch. It was very interesting to see, even as St. Louis was starting to creep up in the standings, getting closer to Milwaukee, the FanDuel Sportsbook still had the Brew Crew booked as a very heavy favorite in this division. That has started to move, although Milwaukee is now back to minus 145. But pay attention to those Cardinals. And Miles Michaelis on the bump today in a great pitching matchup against Corbin Burns at a plus 150 price, even in Milwaukee, a very intriguing number. Donnie Wright's side, the best. He's the foremost basketball mind on the early line mm. and our A-game star here, helping us start off a new week in Major League Baseball as well. DRS, as always, thank you for your time. Stanley Cup. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back to Tampa Bay we go. The home of the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. In the hunt for a three-peat, but it's looking a little bit dim right now against the Colorado Avalanche as we get ready for game number three of the Stanley Cup final tonight at Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay, Florida. Welcome back to the morning after on this Monday live on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens, and the mouth of the South is not just the mouth of the South for college football, but he brings hockey expertise. That would be Mark Zinno, who you see here now, and you have seen in the last week or so breaking everything down in the Stanley Cup final as well. As Zinno just told me during the commercial break, hockey was the first sport he ever played. So he knows the ice, and we're glad to have him here on this Monday morning. Great to be with you, Ben. And uh, as a, a transplant here in Atlanta that's now lost two hockey teams, I, it it's, you know, stands to reason that I'm still talking about it as the only uh, Northeastern or stuck in the South. So, yeah, let's go. <laughs> We're very glad, very glad to have that insight for game number three of the Stanley Cup final. Of course, on Saturday night, it was an avalanche <laughs> of goals for Colorado, winning that game 7 nothing against Tampa Bay to take a 2 nothing series lead and now booked as an even heavier favorite to win the Stanley Cup championship. So, Zeno, we go from game two now to game number three, the first time back in Tampa Bay. The odds starting to reflect that a little bit. The Lightning and the Avs, live right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, both have the same price. As I see it, Zeno, it's minus 110 for the Bolts, 
It's minus 110 for the Avs as well. An even number on both sides tells you what, Mark, to know about game number three and what to expect tonight. It tells me something is fishy about this. Now, I don't know how much you've been looking at other sports books across the board. We were discussing this last night on in-game live. Drew Martin and I were going over this in the game. Last night, there were three or four books out there, including FanDuel, that had the Avalanche as a favorite. However, there were about four sports books that had the Avalanche as an underdog. Uh, and they were varying prices all over the place, which is really weird. I mean, typically the consensus is all on one side, especially when it comes to the goal line slash puck line of who the favorite is. I objectively, after two games, can't see how Tampa Bay is a favorite in any situation here heading into game three. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are spots out there, and there are shops out there, and I highly suggest you look around, where you can find the Avalanche plus one and a half on the puck line. Here's the rub, Ben. You are paying out the wazoo to take the Avalanche as a dog. Minus 270 is typically on average where it's been, so you're nearly paying $3 just to win one. It's not in your favor. The way you handicap this, when I'm seeing lines going back and forth, honestly, I get the idea of taking the Avalanche. I'm never comfortable laying that kind of juice. But you have to feel like there is a little bit of edge with the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions at home getting points. That's pretty much the only play I would look at from a side perspective is uh, Tampa Bay plus one and a half. But I do think this is a correlating bet situation here. If you're on Tampa Bay, you're going to go with the under. If you're on Colorado, you're going to go with the over. I'm not sure there's a scenario where Tampa Bay wins a 5-4 game. Their offense just hasn't shown anything to believe it. The interesting thing about this series so far, too, in the first two games of the Stanley Cup final is in reality, you know, Tampa Bay's only really won one of the six periods in the 87 seconds of overtime that they've played. That was the second period of game one. Other than that, Colorado has pretty much utterly dominated them for five plus periods. And when I see that, my reaction is to go with what my eyes tell me that Colorado has been the superior team and to back them. So, there's a lot of, you know, interesting ways to play this, especially with the prices varying and the dog and the favorite varying at different sports books. The prices are so interesting. And Zeno brings up a great point because right now on FanDuel, Colorado booked as the puck line favorite, laying the goal and a half. But if you want to do that, it's tons of plus money, over $2 of plus money juice at plus 215. If you think the Lightning as an underdog getting a goal and a half on home ice is attractive, well, it's minus 265 to put that money in, to place that bet, to back the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs. You know, it's also very interesting when you correlate it there to the total. The total up slightly to six in both game one and two, going over this number, but the under still has the juice tonight at minus 122. Why do you correlate yeah. Tampa Bay to an under versus maybe Colorado in an over if the Avs are going to steal game number three on the road this evening? Well, like I said, with the exception of the second period of game one, uh, Tampa Bay needs a roadmap and a flashlight to find the offensive zone in this series so far. I mean, it's, they just are not playing enough ice time in the offensive zone. They, they are playing from the net out. That's their philosophy, right? They'd rather be defensive in nature and play from their own net forward. Colorado is working in the neutral zone at center ice and pushing everything into the offensive end. And their philosophy is to just pepper the hell out of Andre Vasilevsky. They're not making an extra pass. They're not looking for a great opportunity. They're just throwing the puck on net, hoping for a deflection, hoping for a rebound. And they've been successful at doing that seven times, in fact, uh, in game two. But where is Tampa Bay's offense come from? Nikita Kucherov, silent so far. 
Palat silent. I mean, you know, even Stamkos, you're not, you're not seeing a lot of their main goal scorers do what they normally do. Tell me where there, there is a lot of data points at this point to believe that Tampa Bay is going to score four or five goals in a game in this series. I just don't see it. Uh, in reality, again, you know, they go down 3 nothing early in game one. They have that second, uh, second period, rather, that, that they score two goals and don't let up any. That's the only period they've won. I just don't see the offense generating enough. So if Tampa Bay is going to win this game, it is going to come from the fact that Andre Vasilevsky is back to stop in 94, 95% of the shots that he faces, and Tampa Bay gets two or three goals out of this thing, and they win the game 3-1, 3-2. And when you just flash those prices up there for the match specials, that would correlate success for the biggest stars for the Lightning tonight and a victory finally in this Stanley Cup final. Guys like Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos and Braden Point back now and Andre Palat finding the back of the net and stills in despite the offensive struggles slightly for guys like Kucherov and Stamkos they still have the best odds right now on FanDuel to find the back of the net against the Avs this evening who would be one player on Tampa that you highlight that needs to step up if the Bolts are going to win game number three it's Palat. I mean, he, he's such a talented goal scorer and a guy who can do so many things on the ice. He, he's somebody that has got to help generate offense. Now, and in, you know, in fairness to him, he needs help from Kucherov and Stamkos and Point and everybody else who's out there because those guys are such great facilitators uh, for the rest of their players. But, you know, Palat has that, that sniper ability that you want from an offensive player and the ability to find the back of the net. And so, He's somebody, I think, when you look at the odds perspective, as you just flashed up there on the screen, you know, when you're getting better than four to one for him to score and Tampa Bay to win, that seems like a really favorable formula for the Lightning. But he's somebody, again, who can uh, take take a, a, off the pass and get a good shot. He can create his own shot. He's an excellent skater. So he's got all the tools in his toolkit to be able to create his own shot. But if he gets some help from his teammates, he should be a guy that I can look to to help elevate the offense. So, Zeno, you were telling me as well that throughout the regular season in the NHL, one of the areas you found the most profitability was in that first period over under totals. And as we look at that for game number three tonight, which way would you be leaning on that number of one and a half goals? The over for a fast start tonight between the Lightning and the Avalanche or maybe a little bit slower as Tampa tries to control the tone back at home? I look at the variety of possibilities of where two goals come from uh, and, and how this would go down for me to look at the over. The most likely scenario is Tampa Bay would score first and then Colorado would tie it up. I would argue that if any other scenario plays out um, outside of Colorado scoring two goals on their own, it all looks to the under. If, if Colorado scores the first goal, Tampa Bay has got to tighten up on defense and not allow another one the rest of the period um, and, and hope to get into intermission down one nothing. I don't see a scenario where Tampa Bay scores two goals in the first period uh, and they're up to nothing heading into the intermission. So uh, the, the most likely outcome in my mind, if you're backing Tampa Bay and the under in the first period is that they have a one nothing lead when it's all done. But probably the best, that's the best case scenario. The second best case scenario is that it's scoreless after a period heading into mission and Tampa Bay seems to have been able to control the flow of the game. If Colorado's going to score, Ben, they're going to score early. Uh, if, if Tampa Bay's got to weather the first seven minutes of this first period, if they can do that and get their legs underneath them and, and feel like Vasilevsky can stop a couple of shots, then I feel like the under comes in. But it's one of those, if there's a prop out there, a goal in the first five minutes, and you're getting a good price at plus money, run it with Colorado because there's no reason to believe that they can't do it. 
And if they don't, maybe you, you try to double back and, and see if you can get Tampa Bay on a live line later on because that'll tell you Tampa Bay is playing well on home ice and they've got a little bit of energy enough to slow Colorado down. I love the way we're going through Mark Zeno's mind right now as we break down game number three. It's a scary place. all of the markets through the odds <laughs> to see how the flow is going to look. It's fantastic. We're learning so much about how this game might play out and then when we can find our best numbers in prices. So let's go big picture here, Zeno, outside of game number three. Of course, as we showed you, some varying numbers as it pertains to just the lines for this game. But as you look at the series outright price, it makes sense to see the Avs as a minus 600 favorite to win the Stanley Cup with a 2-0 series lead. Minus 600 on the Avs, you know, is there any value on the other side in Tampa Bay where you think things stand in this series at this moment? It's about a 15% likelihood statistically through NHL playoff history. When a team has won the first two games at home, uh, they have gone on to win the series over 86% of the time. Uh, when a team goes up 2-0 in general, they win it about 80% of the time. So it's not a very favorable outcome at this point, given past history. Mm -hmm. You're also looking at past history being you can count on one hand the number of teams that have won three consecutive Stanley Cups in NHL uh, playoff history. So it's yep. Tampa Bay is a special team, a special franchise in a special position. Do you want to bet against? a two-time defending Stanley Cup champ who is probably not scared about being in this moment. If there's any team that can erase uh, what has happened over the first two games, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they've all been through the rigors before. They've been down 0-2 before in series. It's not uncommon. Um, in fact, they've been down 0-2 twice in the past 11 series in their two Stanley Cup runs. So clearly they know what to do to get out of this hole. It's just a question of can they do it. And the real thing is, Look at Colorado as a team versus, I, I would say, the Florida Panthers, a team that Tampa Bay disposed of very quickly. Florida was the best offense in the NHL this year, uh, and Tampa Bay swept them right out the door. So I don't yep. think that Tampa Bay is worried about being able to slow down Colorado, but Colorado has to continue to apply the pressure. They cannot let up for one second if they want to take down the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. I don't see much value on Colorado. If you'd like a flyer at this way, put it this way. If you had Tampa Bay pre-series, and then after the loss in yeah. game one, you bet them again, why not double down a third time and try and, you know, go for broke here uh, that Tampa Bay can win this series? Uh, you, you may as well go all in, shove all your chips in the center of the table, and hope that the Lightning can do something special for you. The Lightning plus 155 is the series underdog to hoist their third straight Stanley Cup before we got underway. Now that's plus 500. And as you saw right there in the series total games market, Five games is the most likely outcome. It's the shortest number at plus 220 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That would be a split here in Tampa Bay and probably going back to Colorado for a victory for the Avs on home ice to get that Stanley Cup championship. But Zeno, it's interesting that all of these prices have a ton of plus money and they're not all that different in where that number stands. A great breakdown of not only the Stanley Cup outright, but game number three tonight in Tampa Bay from our very own Mark Zeno, a guy that does it all for us here on SportsGrid. Zeno, as always, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Rounding out our number one, the morning after live on this Monday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here to start off this new week. A question that we asked you today on the Twitter sphere was one we also asked Donnie Wrightside early on. It's worth the conversation right now, about two and a half months into this Major League Baseball season. The Yankees are the best team in the bigs by a pretty decent margin at 49-17, and 17, yet New York is not the favorite right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the World Series. That would be the Dodgers. Does that make sense to you? Let's find out together and fade the public. Two very public teams that we are discussing right now. The Dodgers have been booked as a favorite in all but one of their games this year. The Yankees have been booked as a favorite a ton as well. I believe 61 times. In fact, that's a good majority of their games as well. So we're talking about two teams that have two of the biggest brand names in the sport and two of the most bet on teams in all of the bigs as well. So the Dodgers at plus 370 are still your World Series favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Yankees behind them at plus 500. But should the Yankees be the favorites as of right now? Yes or no? The public at our poll at SportsGridTV on Twitter saying yes, the pinstripe should be the favorites. 61% of the public backing the New York Yankees in this instance. And there's still nearly a dollar and a half of separation between that price on LA at plus 370 from where the Yanks are at plus 500. The Dodgers are struggling slightly. Mookie Betts out of the lineup now for at least a while with a cracked rib. So it is intriguing to see the Yankees this far behind still based on where they are 49 and 17 against straight up the best record in all of Major League Baseball. I'm not sure how tangy it's going to get on a Tuesday with Kevin Walsh tomorrow outside of basketball season, but I know he agrees with the public in this scenario. Hour number two of the morning app. 